Hello and welcome to the Ben Like Bamboo Resilience Series. To Ben Like Bamboo is to master change with flexibility. And on the show, I'm interviewing very special guests to dive deep into their own stories and the things they've been through um, so that we can understand how they have mastered change and also been resilient. I want you guys to believe that no matter what it is that you're going through, you can overcome it. Just like our very special guest, Pia Kirkwood. Thank you for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me, Amanda. That's all right. I was so excited about this interview and I have to introduce you properly. Just so our special guests, um, so our audience knows all about um, you, which you're a very special guest and I've known you, you know, I figured out we met, I think it was 2015. Has it been that long? Yeah. Wow, because I've been thinking about when I first met you as well. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. So Pia is a business support professional and advisor and she works in administration policy, business coordination, project support management in both the public and private sector. Since a young age, Pia has um, had a keen interest for the Victorian parliamentary process, in particular how legislation came to be developed, the workings of government to parliament and question time. Pia has since um, achieved the role of parliamentary advisor. From lived experience, Pia also has a passion and a drive to advocate for people with disability, chronic health conditions ranging from flexible working arrangements to discussions on how we can improve the workplace to support our staff um, and what that looks like. So really important stuff and I can't wait for this conversation. So can I. Um, so let's dive in, lovely. What does resilience mean to you? Well, resilience, you know, if you look it up in a dictionary, resilience means to recover quickly from difficulties. Um, and, you know, resilience, I think, means, especially in this current environment, resilience is a term that's getting thrown around a lot. Yeah. And I think it's losing its value. Um, but for me, it means to, you know, pull through those difficult times and to come out stronger and wiser and to really reflect on what I'm going through. Um, and you really know that I'm a big one for reflection yes. and deep diving. You know, you make a really good point. We think of resilience and we think pushing forward and strength and it's actually a balance of that, but also to pull back and give ourselves time and space to, um, yeah, figure out and reflect um, and to process some of the difficult times that we face. Really, really yeah. good point. Um, now, you've been through a lot. I know you've been through a lot in your life. Um, you've got an amazing career professionally, and I'm sure that comes with its own challenges as well. But would, it you, does. Um, would you like to share something in particular, anything at all, professional or personal, something that you've been through in your life that you've had to overcome? So I think, you know, I've had to overcome a lot of adversity and I've had to come with that being labelled. And I think that does come with my with my own challenges because of, you know, being a person with a disability and chronic health conditions. And that does, does face its own challenges. And at times that has, I think I've owned that label too much and I've let it define the person I am. Yeah. Um, and that isn't the person I am. I'm a lot more than Pia and the box that people put me in. And, and when you're put into that box, I think that comes with a lot of angst and anxiety. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, I'm more than that package. I, I can, I'm, I'm a professional and I can do a great job. 
Um, and when you're put into that package um, and if you start to believe that's all you are, you, you're not going to progress. You need to overcome come that label. And once you overcome that label and own your identity, mm. your development um, really, really be- surpasses and really lifts off. So do you think what you believe impacts how other people perceive you? Yeah. Um, you might be in a really supportive environment, um, but because you've been told something, you start to believe that language. Uh, and if you believe that language, you're going to put that out to the world and nothing anyone tells you um, is going to penetrate that that surface. It's hard to change our minds about deep-seated beliefs, particularly when they've started from a very young age. Yes. Um, so what's it been like, um, obviously, living... Um, with a disability you couldn't even tell looking at you though and maybe that's part of the challenge though isn't it it is and i think you know we've got a lot in society to answer for with especially some of our invisible disabilities mm. um because we've been told by society that a person is supposed to look and act a certain way and we don't yeah. um and if you're supposed to act and look a certain way when you come across this person who might you know look like a supermodel or you know they might not look what you have been told by society Mm. and this is a huge systemic problem that we have because when you come into the workplace and you find that a person can adequately perform or overachieve and you're like no but you can't do that you can't read or write you're not meant to perform this way and that can be very debilitating. And you then overperform and take on more than you're what expected uh, to, 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 to try and prove yourself. And that's, yeah, we that's do very that. exhausting. So we, yeah, so when yeah. we believe we're not enough, we can absolutely take on too much and, and, and you know, wear everything on our shoulders. And then this leads to, uh, leads to exhaustion um, and overworking. Um, and then we become unhealthy and unhappy, don't we? Yes, and you don't, and it's always trying to find that answer of why am I doing this? And when you do find that answer, it's oh, but how do I stop that pattern? Uh, and it's, how do it's, you stop I, that pattern? And it, how how do you? It's and that's something that you and I have been working so closely with me to how do I how do I say no? Yes, how Pia do is I, one of my clients. Yep, from Ben Like Bamboo, and that is how we met, isn't it? It is. I, I saw Amanda at a presentation, and I instantly connected and went, "I have to see Amanda." Um, and I've been seeing Amanda since. And but one of the things I have to work on is how do I say no? How do I draw the line for me to keep a healthy balance? So is that one of the biggest hurdles you've faced is how to um, live with a disability and also be a professional um, and to have boundaries and managing um, how you're perceived in that corporate environment um, with the health challenges that you face? Yes, because, you know, I'm concerned that, you know, if I say no, that I'll be considered weak and not live up to the same standards as other, other people that are at the same level as me. Yeah, you nailed it. That's a huge thing, um, a huge thing to address. And then so what's been your lowest point when, when you have taken on too much and you haven't believed that perhaps you're enough or that you're, um, you know, that some of the battles you've faced living with a disability? I mean, can we talk through some of um, those um, 
points of what, how you feel when you're unwell and then how that impacts what goes on around your work? I think I'm really lucky. Um, I do have two dogs who are trained assistance dogs. I know. So I, so I do cute. have... I do have a little, you know, trick up my sleeve that I, I get to take a dog to work with me to support me. Yeah. Um, and Harper is very interactive and Cooper is not so interactive. He, he just wants to do his job. Um, so I do have that, that up my sleeve. Um, I do have flexible working arrangements in my corner as well. So I do get to do a day or two so I can reevaluate my hours. Wonderful. And so I'm really supported. So I can think, you know, should I be taking a dog or should I be going to work? So can I work from home today and have that conversation with my manager? So, you know, previously I wasn't supported um, at one stage in the workplace and I did have to fight really hard to get um, my, my dog um, to support me. I, I did have to have a seizure to, um, to prove my point. It wasn't yeah. me proving my point. It was an accident. Yeah, I had pushed myself very hard. Mm. Um, but it wasn't, mm. and, and, and still that dialogue, um, had to go on for a lot longer because I was the first person to, with epilepsy to make that request. So how did that make you feel when it was at, at its most challenging, where you didn't feel supported? Um, I felt, I didn't feel like I was worthy. Um, yeah. and that dialogue does come up very, it was coming up very frequently. And that's something that now I'm in a much better place that, um, I don't, I don't feel that necessity. Um, I don't worry. You know, I do worry when I'm making that request, what if, what if this happens again? Um, just because it was so traumatic. It went on for a very long period um, and it was a very traumatic period that I felt very isolated from my coworkers yeah. and from, from management as well. And what do you think the key um, thing, when, reflecting back on that, what was it... Um... What would you, what do you think was the, the very thing that made it so difficult, um, the circumstances in terms of what was the hardest part about it? I think that there was, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of emotions, uh, you know, because it was, it was an emotional decision and a, prof, a personal and professional and yeah. they were all tied. And when it's emotional and emotional decisions, of course, it takes a very different turn. And when it's your professional life and all those emotional decisions get involved, it really does change where you're sitting. Do you think um, that's why you're so passionate about working with um, in the disability industry now just to help educate and um, inspire people about what it feels like to, in, to be working in, in, in the corporate environment when you're living with a disability and how important communication is so everybody understands um, different people's needs? I think that was one of the key factors because um, I, I had been through, through the private sector and always been made to feel less than what I was because I wear who I am on my sleeve very openly. Um, what you see is what you get with me. I will never be anything other than that. Yep. Um, and I was losing my jobs because they were intimidated by having someone saying, I am Pia. And I have epilepsy yeah. and they, they didn't want someone to say and own who they were. Um, so that, and then I think this was the final thing, final straw for me. And then I joined where I'm working now and they started the enablers network. 
and I joined the Enablers Network and um, I realised I could do more and I became co-chair and that has really turned my passion and my drive and it's kept me employed. So tell us about that program. Uh, So the Enablers Network um, for the state of Victoria, there's um, a a network in each department. This is state, it's a a voluntary um, network for people with disabilities, chronic health conditions, allies, and um, their carers. Um, And it's just a great network. It's for, you know, people just get, get it, you know, we advocate, we consult, um, and sometimes we just catch up socially. Yeah, so it's, it's a place where you feel really, by the sounds of it, really understood. Yeah, and we can make change. Yeah. And I think that's what's really nice is people who get it, yeah. being able to talk about things instead of people deciding for us. Mm when they don't have experience. Yeah, and unless you've been through, um, you know, a a disability or any experience in life when you haven't been through it, sometimes it can be really hard to understand what it's like. And when we're stressed, we're we're less kind, we're less compassionate. And, of course, you know, everyday life comes with its own changes and stress. So, But when we're more educated about how it feels and, you know, people like yourself uh, and my, myself, you know, living with a disability, being able to feel like we've got a voice um, and, and, and knowing how to communicate our needs is really important. You have to feel very safe in your environment to do that, don't you? Yeah, and I think that gives people back liberation in their workplace, Yeah, knowing that they've got a safe environment, that they also have a say um, because, you know, we've got a massive job ahead of us returning to work and that piece of work is, you know, is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, so we, we have a voice at the table there. We have a voice at the table that's on so many other platforms because of the network. And um, that, that's such a comfort yeah. uh, because we have members being able to come to us and say, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and I'd be really interested in you know, contributing towards this. Yeah. And it's also a great development opportunity. People then have a safe place to practice and develop, yeah. which then contributes to their development in their roles as well. That's awesome. So what was, um, what was your turning point? So we understand now how things were, um, how it felt when it, when it was really hard. What was your turning point that um, got you through to where you are now, feeling very supported and happier and I think not letting fear control me anymore. And that's, that's still a big factor for me because I do, I do get that anxiety ridden fear sometimes um, and still over really tiny things, yeah. but it's still not letting fear control me and hold me back and taking those big deep breaths and just getting on with it. That's really great because we can control our reactions we can't control other people's reactions but we can take responsibility for doing our bit and making sure you know we're doing um you know our bit with um you know showing up and being the best version of ourselves and and communicating our needs um and i find that when i do that um i'm much more understood Mm. yeah um, so how has your life been better? Is, how is your life better now having gone through what you've been through? I think I'm more empathetic and yeah. compassionate and understanding. And I think it's made me a stronger and a wiser person. Yeah. Um, and I think I take a step back 
Um, I don't just dive in. Sometimes you need to take that step back and go, hang on a second, we need to just think about what's happening and listen and consider all the possibilities. Absolutely. So that everybody feels like they have a voice. And other times you do have to be really reactionary because what's happened needs to be responded to right away. Yeah, there are some important issues that do need to be addressed, even when some people feel like they, you know, they don't want to look at it. And I think being, you know, as calm as possible and as present in the moment is what helps us to be not only in our most creative state, but people are more open to listening to other people's points of view, depending on, you know, how we communicate that. Um, exactly. And, and obviously that's what's led to you being passionate about helping other people, um, you know, with disability in the, in the workplace. Oh, totally. Um, you know, people come to you and they think, and sometimes they judge you because they think, oh, not so sure that you're going to get it. And then they, they, they say, what's going on? And you hear them and you repeat and you give some reflection on your own story. And they're like, yeah, you get it. Yeah. I can tell already that you get it. And I really appreciate the fact that you've listened and that you want to work with me to resolve my issue. And that's why you're perfect for that role. Because when you have been on both sides of the fence, you do get it. And you yeah. can um, be more powerful in your role. I know that's why a lot of people come and see me because I've been the practitioner. I am the practitioner and I've also been the patient. And um, yeah, people feel understood. Um, and, and if you haven't been through the, you know, when you're helping people in the, with disability, when you have, because you've been through their thought processes, their fears, all the challenges that they have to face, you know, you're going to be more compassionate, but you're just going to be so much more helpful. So it's obviously led you on a good path. Mm, and, you know, that's exactly one of the reasons that you're also, you're also so calming to see, Amanda, and I think that's really important. People don't want to be dealing with someone when they're in their disability space as well that's going to be, oh, and then because they're already in that space, they need to be brought down and calmed and reassured that they, their issue is going to be dealt with. Yeah. And when you've when... got someone talking to them going, da 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 that yeah. escalates them and puts them on that, you know, fight or flight still, and we yeah. want to de-escalate that. We're reactive, aren't we, when we're stressed? And um, Carolyn Meese has this really great analogy of, the ground floor when we're on the ground floor of a building all we can see is what's in front of us and we're merely reactive and um, we can't see all the all the different reasons why things are going on or other people's perspectives but as we rise up to the penthouse or the top floor you can have it you have a different view and you can see many more streets and um, a higher understanding of what's going on and you're able to only when we're feeling good within ourselves happier healthier calmer, kinder, can we really open up to other people's points of view? And that's why I love the concept of flexibility, which is what Ben Like Bamboo is all about, is exactly that, being, being, more, being more malleable in our mindset. And that's what I love about you is, you know, you, you're playing a very important role now, um, helping other people see that from your perspective of some of the things you've been through. And I love that you're so open about what you've been through because it's actually helping people. And not everybody has the courage to talk about some of the difficult times that they've faced, but you do. So well done. Thanks, Amanda. That means so much. You're a beautiful person and I don't think you realise how courageous you are sometimes, so I have to let you know. Um, 
So let me know, what have you learned? What are the main things you've learned with everything you've been through? Well, one of the things that I've definitely learned from you is I'm never going to stop learning. My journey <laughs> is never going to stop. It's a great um, answer. Um, and I love to evolve and grow when you know that. I, I really believe that every day I should set, I should set my, you know, my, my, my um, intention for the day and then at the end of the day I should really appreciate something from the day. Um, and I should, I've learned to let joy in and be joyful for my day and finding the positive from the negative. I think that's an absolute um, because there's a reason and you should be taking that negative um, because it may not be your opportunity. It's someone else's and you should be basking in their glory because yeah. your glory is coming to you. Yeah. Um, I'm a really, I'm a really big thing that from every negative is a positive. Yeah. Uh, that's probably my biggest thing that I, I love to learn from is what is, where is your, where is your joy? Where is your positive from this negative? Find yeah. it and grow from it. Absolutely. That's beautiful. There is always a joy in the negative, isn't there? And when we can practice um, seeing that, we will feel like things are happening um, for us rather mm. than to us because everything we go through, which is the concept of resilience, all oh, the babies in the background, it's all good. I love yes. it. I love it. And we will do it in a second as well. Um, it's all real life, or It's all good. Um, resilience is about going through the hard times and then the person that we become having gone through that and the resilience muscle that we build not going around it going into the dark black abyss of uncertainty and learning new things walking um, paths that are unpaved you know it can be a very solo journey and as you said before some of the things you've been through particularly living with a disability perhaps in, in a work environment where not everybody knows how that feels and therefore they're not relating to you and some of the issues that you have to face um, just a lack of understanding can create such conflict so the amazing thing about what your career has led to is everything you've been through has led you to finding work where you're so passionate about what you do. It's still in the industry you want to be in, but you're tweaking your role to be in your joy every day. That alone is so inspiring. It is. But do you know, one of the things that I think is so wonderful about life is people try and find comfort all the time. You have to walk an uncomfortable path to find your, your niche and your comfortable spot. And you constantly have to explore those uncomfortable and courageous conversations to find joy. Yes. Um, and so many people don't want to have those uncomfortable conversations, but they're not finding that, that bliss. But only when you feel capped, can you not want to take anything else on? Can you not want to hear other people's points of view? And it's our responsibility within ourselves to never feel that capped, never feel that stressed. Always like the glass needs to be half mm. empty, but it needs to be half full, but it needs to be half empty, right? So that you feel like you can always take on new ideas and new information. This is how we can oh. be on our most creative and innovative state. We're going to problem solve better. We're going to work work better within our teams. This is so important. And that is something I believe we have to do for ourselves is taking responsibility to take time out, like you said at the start, with reflection so that we never feel so capped. And that self-care, can you talk me through your self-care uh, routines? So, well, so the self-care routine that a wonderful person established for me was that I, I have uh, mantras up 
So we set a new mantra. I think sort of, I think we're due for a new mantra, Amanda. (laughs) So we do do have to do a new one soon, but we have mantras up. We have to set an intention for the day. So I do set an intention for the day, which sometimes I get a bit lazy on. Um, And I do um, a nice little meditation, a nice reflection I uh, usually sitting in my chair in the morning with a cup of tea before I start my job. Yeah. Um, and then I do a, you know, some time out in the sun in the day with the dogs. Then in the evening um, when I'm going to sleep, I do um, a gratitude conversation in my head to say what I'm reflect, you know, grat- I'm grateful for yeah. what I, I've, I've really struggled with for the day, but I'm really grateful that I struggled for because I can learn from that and how I can learn from that. And then I, I close the day out with a, um, a meditation. And Beautiful. sometimes I go with my Buddhify and I also do my journaling as well because if I don't journal, um, I get a little bit lost in my head and then mm. I start um, having some slightly negative conversations in my head with myself Me. because I'm not getting my words down. Yeah, because journaling and meditation helps to empty and wash the mind. And then merely journaling, you're getting all the words out of your head onto paper, closing the tabs and an opportunity to reorganize your thoughts. So I'm, I agree. I'm so glad you're doing your homework, by the way. But yes, I agree. The morning and evening routines and self-care is how we have that glass half empty that's actually a really cool concept, isn't it? Because we always say glass half full, but it needs to be half empty so we have space. And I do a lot of to-do lists. So I yep. keep, you know, a work to-do list. Sometimes I do a home to-do list. Um, yep. And I also have, I follow a skin routine as well. So that I put, you know, I start my day and I end my day. Yeah. Um, so that I'm nice and balanced and everything feels like it's all coming together. So there's a lot of love for me, um, you know, for my, my brain and my body as well. Beautiful. So do you have three tips on how other people listening can be more resilient? Yes. Let others um, in on your journey because um, sometimes even if your journey is alone, you need to let love in. Uh, take joy in the simple things and appreciate the day. Yeah, because uh, that's really important. If you don't appreciate your day, um, I think that you lose something. Yep. Uh, look for the positive from everything. It's really hard to do in the beginning, but it's really rewarding. Um, the positive from the negatives, um, they really balance each other out. Yeah, we have to remind ourselves of what was good in the day. That's one of the evening journaling questions. I thought of that because, you know, unless we actually sometimes acknowledge it and consciously sit and think about that, we just forget. Mm. I love that. Let others know. That's so important. You know, not everybody is brave. Oh, it's not about being brave. It's just some people aren't comfortable sharing what's going on in their personal lives. And it could be a lack of courage. It could be a fear of being criticized or judged. But I think when you own what's going on with you and you're okay with it, I find that other people seem to be more so as well. But if you're a bit funny about it and you're a bit insecure about it, other people are going to feel that energy and respond in that way. And something else I really love to do is I love to flatter people. Yeah, I love to flatter people because it doesn't happen. So if I see someone <laughs> look great, uh, even if it's a stranger, I'm really big into flattery. That's beautiful. Um, so really big into letting someone know that they look good. Yeah. Um, and 
if you know someone's wearing a great jumper and I don't know them, I'm like, hey, I love your jumper. Where did you get it? I love um, that. I just, and people often look at me as if I'm completely mad, but I think it's really important to let people know, yeah. especially and at, in this crazy time, people kind of look at me as if, oh, oh thanks. Yeah, totally. uh, And at the time before COVID, it was kind of like, yeah, you're mad. <laughs> but now it's kind of like, oh, yeah. thanks. I really appreciate you reaching out to me. Yeah, you can really make someone's day. And whatever it is that you want in your life, I find if you dish it out, it comes back to you tenfold. And, and I just think that, you know, people deserve to hear nice things about themselves because so much negative is out there. Yeah, and in our heads too, sometimes we need to be reminded yeah. of our superpowers. But yeah, that is such a beautiful way to end. And thank you so much for your time today. You inspire me every time I see you, your positivity, despite Likewise. all the things you've been through. And you're just such a kind, beautiful soul despite it. And yeah, thanks for sharing today. That was wonderful. Anytime I, I'm an open book and I'm always happy to share it with people. I love it. And everybody's going to get so much out of today. Thank you so much, Pia. And I will see you soon. And everybody, no matter what it is that you are faced with today, this week, I believe that you can overcome it and give your mind and body the best environment to be calm and flexible and you'll find it so much easier. See you guys. Bye.